Welcome back to the Soul Inspiring Business Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. And as always, I hold the intention that you get exactly what you need from this episode in perfect timing. Today, I interview Martha Krejci. She is a fun-loving, hardworking mama who helps other mamas escape their nine-to-five cages and taste freedom. Martha has firsthand experience on what it takes to overcome that fear of leaving, perceived stability to find true passion, purpose, and freedom in life. Thanks to the internet and our increasingly virtual world, there are so many stay-at-home possibilities. And Martha is a business growth strategist and a social media marketer who has learned to break the code and find success online. She has made millions and been featured in publications like Oprah Magazine, Fast Company, Cosmopolitan, Shape, The Huffington Post, and more. And she's also just launched a new book, The Home-Based Revolution, Create Multiple Income Streams from Home. And you must check that out right away. Now, what's different about Martha? Well, she's done it. She's actually created a brand from home that generates over seven figures a month, working just five to 10 hours a week. And she's created a blueprint for success, learning from her own failures so that you don't have to. And in this episode, you'll hear how to take that leap of faith into the new. Tips on researching your next business and tapping into your big gifts. A process for fine-tuning your message how to create better balance between work and home, and so much more. And this conversation couldn't be more perfectly timed because I do believe in freedom, freedom to create a business and life you love. And if you feel stuck right now, or you're not sure what that best next step is, then this episode is for you. If you're not happy at your job or they're making policies you don't agree with, you always have a right to choose differently. This conversation with Martha could be an answer for those that want to create their own destiny to build a life and career on their own terms. Martha's passion is to help you create freedom, just as she has done for herself. She believes in calling out your gold and honoring those special gifts that are uniquely you. It is an action-packed episode, and it all starts now. I'm Kara, and welcome to Soul Inspiring Business. I believe that all of us possess unique gifts and talents that allow us to serve the world and our own growth in the highest possible way. Our lives are an expression of our thoughts, beliefs, and actions. And here, we will explore businesses, thought leaders, and topics designed to inspire, helping propel your own growth so you can live your best and most purposeful life. Welcome to Soul Inspiring Business. So our next guest on the Soul Inspiring Business Podcast is Martha Krejci. Um, I am so glad to have you here today. It is a real honor and treat to talk to you. Oh, man. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm super, super excited about this. Well, I'm excited too. And I have to say, you know, so I was doing some research about you and, um, and I saw on your website, you know, I'm just going to read it out for our listeners, but one of the things that you said on there is I'm showing people just like you how to build a business and a way of life that is heart-centered, service-focused, and that never lives people with the icky feeling of being sold to, but rather showing up in service and finding success that way. Mm-hmm. And that is just, it's so powerful because I think that 
that's really what a lot of this podcast was about is just being in service to others and really aligning with your highest and best gifts in the world, you know, and aligning to that and and sharing it with others. And so I'd love to hear more about, you know, your story and how you came to this, because some of the other things as I was reading, and I was telling you just pre-show for our listeners, I, I'm always guided to our guests and I, that's kind of how the podcast has come about. And it's, it's been a good way of, um, of connecting with people, but I started looking at more of your story and, and almost was in tears because I felt so much of what you had been through and in your past and addiction and other things, um, that I resonated with as well. Um, and, and coming on the other side of it, it's so amazing to, you know, see what you've been able to build and, and to kind of, you know, so I'd love to hear more. So sorry, that was a long way of saying, please share your story. <laughs> oh man. It's it, whenever people say like, share your story. I'm always thinking like, which part do I go to? Right. I think yeah. we all have that feeling of like, there's so much, but what, what I'm going to go to in this capacity is that I had, I'm going to go back a little ways to an alcoholism point. I'm going to fast forward a little bit and then I'll bring us to now. Mm-hmm. And so the alcoholism with the addiction that you were talking about, I have, and I, I can own it. I'm totally okay with owning it. I have an addictive personality. And quite frankly, I think that society breeds it in us. I think that that's what, I mean, not that I'm going to say like, it's society's fault that I, you know, am the way that I am. But I think that, you know, we do get conditioned to be addicted to things. It's kind of marketing. Okay. But so I have been through, you know, like food addictions uh, to the point where I would, completely, you know, you diet for two weeks. You're like, I'm going to go on a diet. And then like, you're really good for two weeks. And then after that, you're like, okay, I need something to eat. (laughs) And then what you do is you go to, you go to, you know, Starbucks and you get like a tall Java chip. This is, this was my thing. I would go get a tall Java chip Frappuccino, like the bigger, or not tall venti, like the biggest one possible. And then like, I needed anything else. I'd go to McDonald's and get like a, a, the, the meal with like two cheeseburgers and fries and a pop and whatever. And then go over to the gas station to pick up something sweet. Like I needed that. Right. And then (laughs) what I would do is I would sit in my car and I would just eat it all out of the view of anybody else. And that's Mm -hmm. when, you know, you have an addiction is when you go do these things. Cause if you can do it in public, I don't really see it as an addiction as much. If you feel so much shame around it, whatever behavior it is that you need to go do it without being seen somewhere, you're looking at some addictive tendencies. And that was also where my drinking headed. And like, I was, I had gone to the point of, I was, I was a terrible alcoholic and I had gone to the point of having a handle of vodka. This is so crazy. I don't drink anymore, but I had a handle of vodka in the laundry room of my house. And then I had one of those big tumbler cups and I would put vodka and lemonade or whatever in it. And then I would just walk around the house like I was drinking water. And of course, eventually you would realize I wasn't drinking water because it looked like I wasn't drinking water. But 
That was, that was like another shameful thing. I hid it in the laundry room. So nobody knew that it was there. I wouldn't have it out in public. There are these things, these little monsters, right. That we hide. And then that's a version of ourselves that we feel less than that. We, as we show up in the world, we're like, this part of me can't be seen this part of me. I don't want to be seen. And what I discovered over the course of my life and where I'm at right now and the way that I talk about things is the more that we bring those things into the light, the less they have any charge over you at all. And the more they actually create a bridge to other people experiencing that same thing and letting them realize that the more that we talk about this stuff out in the open, we don't feel shame around them anymore. And instead, what we feel is a community, a compassion and a support for everybody else that's just like us. And it changes the way that we show up in our own lives. And so what that did for me is it created, I've created entire community around not just the, the people that have addictive tendencies and things like that. I've also created a community around women that, and families, quite frankly, that were in corporate America. This is the other part of my story where I let go of the drinking and I was in corporate America. So I was like, okay, well, my life is going to be so much better now, right? Because I had left the addictions behind me. Awesome. And okay. then I was in corporate America, climbing the ladder. I was doing really well. I was in leadership at a top tech company, all of the things. Like I could, I could go home to my family and be like, I made it, you know? And, right. and then I was starting to feel like this isn't enough. Because what you think whenever you start you know, trying to be successful is that whenever you hit a version of success, which that was a good version of success for me, because I, I only had one semester of college. I don't have a lot of education behind me. So to be able to be that successful in the, in the corporate world without having, you know, education behind me was sure. like, was really successful to my family, especially. And so you think that whenever you hit that level of success, that that's it, you're good. And what I was realizing was that's not all that matters because one day I was sitting in my cubicle. It was like this carpeted cubicle. It smelled like the sixties and it had, <laughs> we all know that it. we've been there, <laughs> yes. right? You're like, I don't know what that smell is, but it's not this year. I know that. Right. Um, and I had all my little, like my uh, quotes, my positive affirmations and quotes around me that got me through the day, my pictures of my family and everything around my computer. And I remember just sitting there and thinking like, man, do I have any time to take off? You know how you just sit there and you're like, is there, can I call in? Is there, could I just go home right now? I don't want to be here anymore. And so I went to go waste some time in the bathroom. I think we all do that. And I was starting to scroll on my phone. And as I was scrolling, I was seeing what everybody else was doing in their day on social media. And I was like, that's fun. I wish I were there. You know, I'm stuck. Mm -hmm. And then a video came through and the thumbnail of the video, it was from my husband. The thumbnail of the video had my daughter on her feet. That had never happened on her own before. And so I pushed play on the video and it was literally my girl. It was my daughter mm. taking her first wobbly, clumpy foot kind of in sideways, you know, her first steps and the look on her face, she was so dang proud of herself. And I sat there watching the video and I was so dang proud of her. 
And then it was the bittersweet went because mm-hmm. the sweet was that she's walking. The bitter is that she's not walking to me. Yeah. And I and was I just teared up there because I can totally, and I've been there actually. And so what you're saying, I think certainly resonates with me. And I know is, you know, going to resonate with so many other people out there that, and sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but I just like, you know, that's an emotional thing right there to be, yeah. um, seeing your, your child grow up from afar. Yeah. That's, and that's exactly what I started thinking in that moment. I was like, it was, it was like everything just blacked out from the outside in. And it was like a movie, right. Where everything, where time stops and you are face to face with your future. Mm-hmm. And what are you going to do? Cause this is going to continue happening. It's a microcosm of the spiral of life, right? You're going to keep sure. seeing it at different times. and at that moment, I was like, I'm going to quit my job. Mm. But here's the thing. I had two families living in my house. We had just bought a really expensive house. My husband's parents lived with us also because my husband's dad lost his job. And at 70 something, you don't go get a new job. And so we just took them into our home. And we, I was the, the sole earner of this entire Brady Bunch scenario that was going on in my home. And So then for me to say, I'm going to quit my job, isn't just flippant. No, we don't need my income. My income's all we had. Also my insurance is all we had. And so, uh, I went home. I, as I'm driving home, I was like, uh, okay, what am I going to say to Mike? You know, like Mike's, Mike's the guy that like holds the string to my balloon. That's my husband. And so he's the logical one The you know, but what about this? But what about this? But what about this? He's, he keeps us anchored. Well, as I'm driving home, I'm, I'm bracing myself for an argument because I imagine he's going to be like, um, you can't do that for this reason, this reason, and this reason, all valid. <laughs> and right. I was like, I was like, okay, what arguments am I going to pose to be able to like make this thing work and, and get to do what I want to do because I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I have to be home with my girl. Yeah. And, and whenever I got home, I walk in the door I set my purse down and I set my keys down and I look at Mike and I was like, I'm going to quit my job. And I braced myself. I think I stopped breathing for a minute and he looked at me and he said, Martha, if you don't do this, you're not only doing yourself, but everybody around you a disservice. And I was like, wow, what just happened? Like, <laughs> someone took over this man. Like I know this man very well. And that ain't what he would say. And in that moment, I knew I had to do it because there was something else bigger involved for that to happen. And so I did it. I quit my job. I started my agency. The rest is history. Wow. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, um, it, I think that underscores too how important it is to have an amazing partner in your life that is there to support you. Um, because, you know, it, I, it's funny when you say he's the one that holds my balloon. That's how my husband is. Is it? <laughs> it is. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I so get that. <laughs> I um, love that. And when I actually kind of quit a leadership position in the same way, I, he very similarly said, you know, um, 
you need to do this because like, I can't have you come home and complain like about your day and the way that you're doing it right now, you know, um, it's just not you. And so, you know, I think, what do you think, how did you, I'm curious, like, how did you find your husband or how, or what kind of qualities do you think are really important in a partner for a, you know, an entrepreneur or business person, or, or, you know, what kind of things do you feel like are the best qualities to have? I have to say one of the most amazing qualities that Mike has, and is a great quality to look for, or at least be able to communicate that you need if they're not already doing it is I call it speaking life. So something that Mike did for me, and this is when I was living in someone's basement, post-divorce, alcoholic, bottom of the barrel. I was like, this is, this is before, you know, the, the, the trek upwards. I was, this is the lowest point. And what this man did in that moment, this is when we were just dating, but what he did in that moment is he let me know he was, he spoke life over me. He told me what he saw in me and he, He's like, you are this, you are this, you are this, you are this. And of course, at the time, at the very beginning, I was like, that's funny, man. Right. right. <laughs> I don't know like, what you're looking seeing? at. Are you looking over at somebody else here? <laughs> right. That's cute. Right. But then eventually I started to see it. Mm. And that's the thing, because had he not done that, I don't know if I'd be here. Mm. I don't know if I'd be here ultimately. Right. Like, it's just, he, it was, it was that kind of speaking life, which I think is important for all of us to just understand that lesson, Mm -hmm. like speak life to people around you every day, as much as possible, because there's not many people out there doing it there. You're speaking life or you're speaking death. And there's a lot of death speaking out there of you can't do this. All of, you know, it's death to ideas, death to dreams. I'm not meaning ultimate death, but who knows? Mm -hmm. Right. So so that's, that's something that has brought us through. And now I speak life over him as well. Like we do, do it over each other. We do it over our daughter, over our business, over our students, over our clients, over everybody. Anybody we come in contact with, we call out their gold. We call out what we see in that individual. So hopefully they're going to be able to see it and then live up to it themselves. I love that. We call out their gold. I think that's really beautifully said. And you're right. There's just, you know, not a lot of people that have received that, you know, and sometimes I think it's hard to receive it at first. Like you said, like, if you're not Mm -hmm. used to that, you're like, oh, this feels uncomfortable. Or like people will say, you know, you give a compliment to somebody and they'll discount it. And it's like, no, like it's also about for the receiver learning how to own that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Very neat. And then you know, I think the other thing that, that is so, um, really incredible about that story, especially your, your decision to leave and go out on your own is that there's a certain point where you just have to trust like, and take a leap of faith. And I think in any business journey, you see that, you know, I see that with so many of the people that I interview on this podcast. So what, what kind of advice do you give for somebody that's in that place of like, Oh gosh, how do I do this? Where do I go? How do I take this leap of faith? Like, how do you coach somebody through that when they're scared? Yeah. 
the, the leap of faith, I think whenever you're really freaked out about it, it's good to get around a community of people that are realistically also taking that leap of faith, but really making things happen because the scariest thing in a leap of faith is to not have support and not have people around you that are going to help you because there can, you can very easily fall into a place where you're like, maybe listening to the wrong people and then not actually growing in the thing that you're wanting to do. And then that leap of faith is going to feel like failure to you. But if you, if you have a good community of people around you that are all moving the same direction and all edifying each other, making each other better, and essentially like forging each other, then, then you can't help but be better. And the leap of faith, the way that I see it, the most successful people on the planet have had to be. Mm -hmm. And so that leap of faith is that because I had no safety net. I had to make it happen. There was no, I had no other options. Now, when you have other options, you won't work as hard. Mm -hmm. you're not going to do the things that you really need to do because you're going to be like, ah, I'm all right. I've got this. And so you're not really going to find your greatness because you don't have to, but yeah. whenever you have to, it's, it's like the only thing you can find and it can be scary as heck. But what, I mean, it was somebody that said, it, I can't remember who actually said it, but you jump out the window and you build your wings on the way down. That's really how it works. And the miracles is the way that I see them can't happen until it's the only thing that'll save you. Hmm. And that's, that's where you jump out the window and allow the miracles to start happening that are the swirling around of business opportunities or the right people crossing your path and things like that. All of this stuff can't happen until it has to. Hmm. And that's, in my opinion, that's the way that it works. So, yeah. so the jump, the leap is scary as heck, but it's also the most blessed moment you will ever have. Yeah. Well, and, and so when you made that decision, did you know what you were going to do? Like, did you know you were, how did that, um, come about? Had you been thinking about it? Like, how did that, um, evolution occur? I had been kind of thinking about it. So I worked for a tech company and I knew a lot about digital marketing naturally through them. And because I geek out on stuff and I am just naturally really good at SEO. Like it's just one of those weird things, you know, we all just kind of have these weird abilities and it's kind of like a superpower. I know Google algorithm changes before they even say that the changes happened. It's just a weird thing. Mm. And, and funny thing, I don't even do SEO anymore. Like I don't, you know, for clients or anything, but that's what I started off doing. I started off with an SEO agency. And then I got a membership at the local chamber of commerce. So that is a great place to start, especially if you're in business stuff like business to business, mm -hmm. because then you can go do like trainings. And then whenever you train a business on how to do this thing, obviously they don't have time to do it or don't want to do it themselves. So then they hire you to do it. So that's a really, I mean, if you're doing a business to business thing, definitely do that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's, that's how I started. Cause I was already starting to think about that. And then I was like, well, here's D-Day. Let's go ahead and do it. <laughs> wow. And then how does it evolve from there? So like then 
you um, create your own agency, you start having a lot of success. Is that when you made your first million in like less than a year? That was with a a different business or a different iteration of the business. So that was, we made a lot of money. I don't know if it was a million. No, it wasn't a million, but we made a lot of money the first year. I definitely hit my, within the first month, I hit my old paycheck at work. So I never missed like, uh, you know, on being able to build up, but the first million in a year is where I am teaching other people how to be able to create this stuff for themselves. So that wasn't the million. The million was from my own creation of, you know, courses and teaching people how to grow. That was a network marketing business whenever I was in network marketing for a very short amount of time. But I taught people how to grow their network marketing business. But really, it can be done with anything. Mm-hmm. All you do is you create, you can write a book, you can create a course, you can create coaching or consulting, and you can build an entire empire around a small niche market like that. And so that is where I built my first million. And now what I do is I teach people how to do that. So how to be able to build that out from the grassroots up? Again, it doesn't have to be network marketing. It can be whatever, right? Mm-hmm. I have some women doing it with, um, you know, how to go gluten-free in your home. There's all sorts of different things that people don't realize the genius that they hold within themselves. And they don't realize that the information that they geek out on and they're, they're things that they Google into the evening is stuff that actually can bring them income and you can build an entire empire around it and you don't even have to work that much. So that's what I teach people how to do now, but that's how I built my first million. Love that. And I think that, you know, we were talking about it even pre-show about, you know, really um, what I love about what you're doing is, is that it's about tapping into those unique gifts that are uniquely you, you know, just like you said, and getting fully aligned with, with those and then sharing those with the world. It's, it's simple when you just kind of like trunk it down, like, okay, align to who God made you to be and then share it. I mean, really, right. Really. But, (laughs) but you know, that intimidates some people because they think, well, I don't know, like, what am I really good at? What do I do? And so what would be some of your advice for helping people, you know, get started on that? Yeah. So I have a thing that I call bat signal. And what that is basically is we go back to who you've been throughout your life. So there's a a short exercise. I won't take too long on this, but there's basically, if you draw a line left to right on a piece of paper and you put in notches at different places that you've been in your life that were forks in the road or turning moments, pivotal moments in your life, what you do is you go to each and every of those points in your life and you look at them and you think, okay, which version of me do I really want to serve the most? What does it fill me up? You know, which version of myself does it really fill me up to serve the most. So for me, it's me in corporate America. Whenever I had that moment of getting the video of my daughter taking her first steps, I want to help that mom that sits right there. That fills my soul because it helps the entire family. And then I think we shift the entire world. And so that is who I speak to. That's the notch on my timeline. Mm -hmm. And so everybody just has their own notches. Some people look at their timeline from 30,000 feet and they're like, 
not much has happened. And what they don't realize is that so much has happened. You really have to go through and think, okay, in my 20s, what was going on in my 20s? In my 30s, what was going on in my 30s? You know, in my teens, what was going on in my teens? Like, really, you have to focus in on it because if you come at it from a grand, you know, looking down at it, it's like, I made it, I'm good. It, you don't, it, it's not the same. You have to get into the meta of it. But then, whenever you're able to pinpoint that version of yourself, that's your person. Hmm. And so, that person is who you now speak to. And what you think is, Okay, so whenever I was sitting there and whenever I wanted to quit my job, what did I need right then? Right? Mm-hmm. If 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 I were sitting there and thinking if only I knew how to x y and z, then all of this would be easier. And so like you have to be able to answer that question for that version of yourself and that's your first info product. Mm, that's so good. That's awesome. Um and you know, how do you, to the mom that's balancing so many different roles, right? How do you balance being the wife, the mom, the CEO? I know I'm asked that question a lot too. And I'm always curious as to, cause there's no, there's not necessarily any easy answers. Like, you know, sometimes some days are rougher than others, but I love your take on it. Cause I know you talk a lot about finding that balance and it's so important. Yeah. Oh man, this is a good one. So I'm notorious for working five to 10 hours a week. I don't actually work that much. And I've built a business that I don't have to work that much in. And that's why. And even my team around me knows that I've built this business to work five to 10 hours a week. If we start to go over that for longer than a week or so, then I need to rein it back in again, because that was my goal all along was to be able to spend more time with my family. And so that's why I've created what I've created in the way that I have is because my focus is on being able to spend more time with my family. So that's how I, you know, run my business. Now, are there times Like today is a day where I've got five hours of, it's basically blocked of five hours of doing a lot of, doing a lot of things for five hours. Well, the five hours is constrained within when my daughter is at school. Mm -hmm. And so I, it's, while it's a lot of work for me, like it's atypical for me, my girl doesn't know any different when she comes home. It's the same. So like, it's not, it's not, she doesn't know mom's been, been doing a little more than she usually does today. But whenever she comes home, we're going to have snuggle time. We're going to talk about our day. We're going to do our homework. We're going to do all the things. Last weekend, we got to go to Disney VIP, Disney World. We live in Orlando, so we go every once in a while. But we got to do that. And it's just, it's all about experiences for our family at the end of the day. So I put those first. Those get scheduled into the calendar first. Like my team knows that between 
2.30 and 3.30 every day, nothing gets scheduled. And that's because we live so close to my daughter's school that we can walk there. And so my husband and I walk to her school and pick her up every day. We drop her off and pick her up. But that 2.30 to 3.30 is when we're walking to go pick her up and bring her home from school. That's family time. It's a version of family time. And it's it's just, it's a non-negotiable. So you really, you schedule it in and you make it a non-negotiable. I think that not enough people think to schedule their family time in because it feels weird at first to schedule family time into your calendar. But for me, I don't know about everybody else, but for me, if it's not on my calendar, it don't get done. (laughs) So I'll, I'll end up filling in with something else. So if I'm scheduling my family time in, I'm sure, I'm sure that I'm there. Mm. You know, I, I think that what I heard out of that too was, you know, number one, just when you're getting started, be really, um, mindful of what you want to create. Right. So for you, it was, I don't want, I'm doing this because I want to spend more time with my family and Mm -hmm. here are the non-negotiables. I'm not willing to work over 10 hours a week. So I need to build a business and structure a business around that goal. Right. Yes. Um, and then number two, like blocking time. I mean, time blocking, I think is huge. Number one, it makes you more productive, right? Um, when you know what you're, what you're doing, um, for the next half hour, hour, whatever it is. Um, but, uh, but scheduling family time, because you're right. It's, I mean, I think for me, you know, there's a lot of talk about like your, why your big, why, and you know, all that, when you're creating a business, but like the whole reason that I am doing what I'm doing and in addition to sharing my gifts with the world is also so that I can build a life and a business and a family, like all those things, you know, they're all interconnected. And I think that's, um, why I think that message that you just shared too, is so, you know, powerful because I think that family, God family is the center, you know, and then you can build a family and a business around those key priorities. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, now I, I am curious how you find inspiration. So do you have a practice that you do or a place that you go for inspiration? What really ways do you find creative outlets? Yeah. So I work out in the morning and one of my parts of my workout is to take a walk And that's just here in the neighborhood. And so that is my me time where I'm off by myself and I get a lot of inspiration with that. I read a lot of books. I'm always consuming books, something like three a week. Like it's just, I'm always consuming content. And then it goes through my own filters of, okay, how does this make sense to what I'm doing? How can this help my people? You know, like that's, that's where, where everything goes through. But then also, I even made a social media post about this yesterday. I find inspiration whenever I'm playing. So if I'm playing with my daughter yesterday, I went to sit down and play with her. And then I started getting some crazy ideas and I'm like, ah, need to go get my notebook. So I just brought my notebook over there with me to write down my ideas and they were great. (laughs) And And it comes from play, right? So it's just, it's almost being in proximity to that unbridled imagination that a kid has just 
being in proximity to hearing what she's doing and seeing what she's doing with these little shopkins and stuff like that. They're all getting lined up and having dinner and whatever. And <laughs> it's just, it like, it, it unlocks something for us adults as well, I think. And so then I was able to even, uh, flesh out some ideas that I was already thinking of, but I was sitting at the computer earlier and I was like, I'm just done. I can't sit at the computer and keep, you know, wrecking my mind trying to do this. Instead, I went to go play with her and immediately, boom, they all started coming through. So that's playing and then also walking and working out. Yeah. Well, there is something a kinesiologist, a dear friend of mine. I mean, she talks about just walking as a great like meditation and inspiration because like moving your body, just something in that, you know, is, and especially when you're walking on the ground and connected, you know, it's kind of a great way to, um, find inspiration. So, that's um, cool. I didn't know there was like actual stuff behind that. That's yeah. really cool. Apparently yeah. there is. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, I know there's a lot of talk there, you know, a lot of people use um, the grind and the hustle and, you know, that you have to hustle as kind of like a badge of honor. And it's, uh, I would say there's this dichotomy or this, this balance or um, balance between the hustle, right. And the grind and then flow and allowing things to flow. So I'd love to hear your take on that. Do you, the, <laughs> the, <laughs> I think I know where you're going to go with it, but, um, I'd love, you know, I I'd love to hear it. I can't stand the term hustle. I am anti-hustle. I am anti-grind. I don't believe, at least for me, it is not sustainable to my soul. If I feel like I have to work, work, work at something, then it ain't mine. Like that's the, that's how I feel about it. Like if my, it's not sustainable to me as a person to continue doing something that wears away at me, because what I know about things that wear away at me is that they then start wearing away at my family, my relationships, my community, the way I show up in the world. And that's a non-negotiable. I don't let things affect me like that. And so I don't, the hustle part of it, I think is, I, I, you know, God bless the people that preach hustle. I just don't think they know that there's a different way. That's, I, I think they just don't know it. They haven't experienced it themselves, but you can build your business and grow your, whatever you're doing in total and complete flow. It doesn't need to, there doesn't ever need to be hustle about it. Never. It's all in service, all feels good. Do it when you want to do it. If it's if it's something that's in service and really helps other people, you're gonna want to do it. So if you if you end up spending more time on something, then whereas one person might call that hustle, you're calling it flow because you enjoy it. So it's I think it's hustle just to verbally process here. I think it's hustle when it's not your lane. Hmm. I, I think I couldn't agree more with you on that. And I love the way that you put that, you know, it's hustle if it's not your lane, you know, because I do think sometimes, like you said, like sometimes you work a little extra, but you're doing it, but it's not like, it sometimes doesn't feel like work, you know, like sometimes I'll stay up 
later to finish the podcast or to get an episode ready, but I, I love doing it. It's like inspired. I love the connection that I have with guests and, you know, so then it's not hustle. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I mean, my husband and I will have conversations at 10 o'clock at night about what we do. And somebody could say, well, you're working at 10 o'clock at night. No, we're playing Mm -hmm. like that's the, it's very different. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, you've got so many great resources. You have a great book coming out. I'd love for you to share more about that because, um, we're just kind of scratching the surface, but, um, I know that listeners are going to want to find out more about you. And, um, it's like I said, it's been a real treat to get to know you more, um, today. So, so tell our listeners more about the book that you have coming out. That's going to help people find that flow. Well, thank you. So it's called the home-based revolution and it's, it's about what I've done. So I work, like I said, five to 10 hours a week and have built multiple income streams around my family. And we make uh, an exorbitant amount of money and it's all just from home doing this. And what home-based revolution teaches you is it shows you the main pillars of how you can do it yourself. It's also going to walk you through my story a bit so you can understand where I was in different pieces of this. And then it's also going to show you different people that are in my program, Home-Based Revolution, which is the, the, the actual program that teaches you do this, do that, do this, do that, wash, rinse, repeat, the system, the blueprint. Mm-hmm. And it it shows you their own story of how they're applying things as well. So hopefully... At the end of it, you're going to be inspired to be able to start doing this stuff on your own, because my belief is that the entire world is capable of doing this stuff from home. And what that's going to lead us into is a place where when you watch the news and you see all of this crazy stuff happening, you remain relatively unaffected. Mm -hmm. So there's not this like fear, anxiety, stuff like that, because I mean, if I have to stay home, I have to stay home. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with that. And we've built a living where that's okay. And you build it in service to your people. And so you're waking up to messages of, oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened. Oh my gosh, my life has changed. Oh my gosh, my husband gets to come home from work now. Like whatever it is that you get to help people do, you get to really help them. And then you get to see them coming back with gratitude because you showed up for them. That doesn't happen until you actually show up is the thing. So, yeah. And that's, that's it. Martha's book.com. Martha's book.com. We'll make sure to have that in the show notes. And I'm curious, did this, so I know you're launching now, was this COVID related that it kind of came out or was it just like a happy accident, divine timing? <laughs> because I'm we, we weren't teaching this until COVID happened. So we had already had the system. We were implementing it for our own business and for our own lives, but we weren't teaching it. So whenever COVID happened, I think it was a month or two afterward, Mike and I looked at each other like, we need to teach people how to live this life where we, cause we were kind of unaffected. And so we were looked at each other and we were like, we need to teach other families how to be able to do this because people were losing their jobs. Like, I mean, they still are losing their jobs. You don't know, you know, if you're even going to get your next paycheck prices are going up on items like, you know, at the grocery store and gas and whatever. And And the paychecks remain the same or are dwindling. And so like, we were just like, we've got to 
find a way to be able to get this out there and help people fix this situation. And now we've got so many people in the program and they're all just, they're crushing it. They're doing this thing on their own too. It's awesome. And I think it's so interesting because sometimes people think, oh no, I can't go out and build my own business because they want the security, right. Mm -hmm. Of like working for a company, but in reality, that's never secure, right? The securest place you can be is in your own work, in your own business. So, um, you know, I think what you're doing, and and this is such a gift to the world right now, especially with where we are, um, and to tell people more about how they can get in touch with you, if they wanted to either coach with you or learn more about you, what are some of the best ways for people to connect with you? Yeah, I would say, well, I'm anywhere on social media at the Martha Krejci and it's K-R-E-J-C-I. So I'm anywhere on social media with that handle, but the easiest place is just to go to my website. So with Martha.com, you're going to be able to see, you know, where one-on-one, just check out the navigation bar. You're going to see one-on-ones. You can check out different courses. You can uh, just see what's going on, what's coming up, all of that stuff. So that's the easiest place. And then I spend a lot of my time on Facebook or Instagram. Those are my, my heavy hitters for me. Okay. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure to have all of this in the show notes. And again, just thank you so much, Martha. This has been so great. And I've just loved getting to know you. Same. Thank you so much. I love this. Thank you so much for listening. I encourage you to like comment, share, and just appreciate the support. So I wanted to share a few of my own takeaways from this conversation. Martha talked about her battle with addiction, and I can relate to that because I battled an eating disorder in my early 20s. And one of the takeaways is that no matter where you are in life, you have a choice in each moment to choose something different. The situation that you're in, it doesn't define you. And in fact, it could be the experience that refines you into something new. Martha also talked about calling out your gold, speaking love into the people around you, your partner, your kids, your team, and all of us, me included, face doubt and fear because I just think it's part of us being human. It's part of our journey. So I think it's really important to surround yourself with people that call out your gold, that lift you up. Look around you, and if the people around you aren't doing that for you, then find some other people. I think that is so powerful and really part of our journey is to, again, make sure that we're encouraged and we call out our own gold or have somebody call out your gold because you are golden and you are unique and you are valuable. The other thing she talked about was creating balance. How do you create a schedule that aligns with your values? So Martha shared how part of her day is blocking time in her calendar to walk to school and pick her daughter up from school with her husband. And do you have a practice that you do to uh, block out time in your calendar for your family? I think that's a really great tip and something that's often overlooked because we take it for granted, but blocking that time can be a really powerful practice. And lastly, I want to encourage you to take advantage of that free gift that Martha shared. We'll include it in the show notes 
And of course, if this message resonates with you and you connect with Martha, I hope you'll check out her book, The Home-Based Revolution. It's available now and we'll have the link below. So again, thank you so much for listening. I'm wishing you a day filled with purpose, love, and peace. Until next time. I'm Kara, and you've been listening to Soul Inspiring Business. If you found this helpful, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And if you feel so bold, share with others as well. Thanks again for listening. I look forward to growing